Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this Super Bowl mega podcast of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. That is right. It is myself and Matty D previewing Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. We go through everything, position by position. We look at the matchups. We give you all the keys that you need to know before making our picks, looking at some prop bets. It was a lot of fun to record. We cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Let us know in the show notes, in the comments. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a nice little five-star review. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Thunderblog Sports is the handle for both of those. You'll definitely want to follow along on Instagram for a certain poll about a certain coach and his Hawaiian shirts. More about that in the podcast. But enjoy the episode, guys. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Sad football's over, but March Madness is right around the corner. And here we go. Welcome to this episode of the Fun Beat Tailgate Podcast, presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, the Jord- Jordy Cannell, not the Jordy Cannell. <laughs> Joining me, as you, you can, can hear right here. yourself with, as, <laughs> with, the, with the common, it's, it's a great like way the, to put it. It's like the Shermanator, the, <laughs> the Jordo. Joining me is the wonderful host for this evening, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Matty D., how are you, my friend? Um, is, can I be melancholy that the NF, that the fo- football is about to? You no, know what I can't be because the NFL draft's right around the corner. Really, and is. I'm already locked in. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. But well, this is not an episode about the NFL draft. Those will come. Oh yeah. The off season will come. But oh, first, yeah. we've got to crown a champion. Yes, we do. And I think it's a little weird. I, I think the a lot of stuff has gone on in the sports world and in, in, in the real world um, that may have muted some of us in terms of the fact that football's still on. Um, you know, I even felt like before the national championship game of college football, there was a little lull in football, if you will. And I don't know why, because quite frankly, the game we're going to get Sunday is pretty much as good as we could have hoped for in yes. terms of a football game. And it's going to be, uh, you know, there's so much spectacle around around the Super Bowl, but I truly think this is one of the best matchups we've had in a while. Two teams that have so much going on. Um, that it, it it just it revs up to be a, just a fantastic, fantastic Super Bowl. Um, you know, we've talked extensively on the pod about how I think a lot of other sports may have gotten in the way of our fandom when it comes to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Eagles being done, but normally this time of year we don't have a lot else to look forward to. No, but as Philadelphia fans, we've got the Sixers and our Fly Guys, oh, both yeah. both in position to at least compete, and I think that's drawn a lot of our attention. Away from football since the um, the Eagles' unfortunate wild card home loss, which is tough. Well, it's funny you mention that because like the NFL playoffs, I feel like even in the years, and maybe it's just cynical Eagles fan that up until two years ago we never had success. Right. That I always continuously watched the NFL and kept paying attention. And there's obviously you know always a lot of hype, especially when the when the Super Bowl comes around. But take that on the flip side of last year with 
in basketball. The Sixers do so well, they have this emotional loss. Mm-hmm. Kind of the reverse of what happened, really, with a lot of different stuff. And, and the Eagles making a run to the Super Bowl, and even them having that that really tough loss to the to the Saints, and I still continue to watch yes. football as it went. But basketball, I just couldn't really pull myself to watch the Eastern Conference Finals, where the you know, Toronto really shut down the Bucks and really Kawhi shut down the Bucks. But I didn't really watch it, and I barely watched the finals. Yeah, and. and Maybe part of that was just that players were getting injured left and right on the Warriors, and there were a lot of storylines surrounding mm-hmm. it. But I just didn't find myself to care. Maybe that's part of you know basketball not being my favorite, or the NBA not being my favorite. College basketball is still one of my still one of my tops, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes like the next round after the Flyers lose can be a little tough, even though the NHL playoffs are incredible. Football has that that air to it of really ending on a huge crescendo. I don't know if that's redundant of saying huge crescendo. I'm not a music guy, so somebody correct me, but. <laughs> I don't know. I am very excited for this. I think this is it has the potential to be now the the newest highest scoring yeah. football game ever. I know the Eagles and Patriots scored seventy three points, so that's you know a tough one to beat. And the over under opened at fifty five, but who knows? I mean, I think we're going to break this thing down. We're going to look at a lot of different stuff, and and I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a, a fun Sunday. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Um, and I I do I do think that. We've, there's so much star power. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one particular transcendent superstar in this game yes. to me more than anything. Um, but if you just look beyond the quarterback matchup for a minute, you've got two teams that are very new NFL in a lot of ways, and I think that's important. Um, there's not a lot of old guard to me in this game. Mm-hmm. The old guard in this game would be Andy Reid and Richard Sherman. Like that to me, if you're thinking old guard, that's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, that's actually um, a really good point. Now, of course, it, Richard Sherman, uh, shutdown corner has been a, a thing of the past, and it's a thing of now, and it will be a thing of the future. And Andy Reid really isn't old. Isn't his style isn't old, but he runs a pass happy offense. You know, that's what he's done for his whole career. And he was kind of cutting edge, not cutting edge, because he comes yeah. off of the Bill Walsh era with, with the 49ers in terms of his West Coast offense style. But but he has continued to develop. A very, I wouldn't say a pure college offense because that's definitely not the case. Yes. But a very forward-thinking offense when it comes to their use of speed. Something that that Kyle Shanahan has also done with the 49ers. He's got a ton of speed on both sides of the ball. Well, it's funny too because Andy Reid, kind of building off your point of him not being the prototype of this, of bringing the, I don't want to say full spread, but the yeah. pseudo spread, the NFL spread off. West Coast. West Coast yeah. offense, which is... Become more spread. Right? Yeah, Over yeah, because yeah, right. it's, it's a step above the West Coast offense. Right, a lot of did shotgun. That with Eagles. Right, a lot of but shotgun. The, big, the right. big thing in that, I think one of the, when we we're going to break this thing down position yep. by position. If you've listened to World Series podcasts, we it's easier to do with baseball because it's so positional. But we're going to go position by position, kind of give an edge one way or the other to each team. We tried to do this last year with the Stanley Cup, and that worked out pretty well. So figured try it with the Super Bowl. Um, but one thing Andy Reid really did with the Eagles. And both teams do so well is utilize their tight ends not just in the West Coast style but also as blocking tight ends. They figured out, and granted, they're two of the best tight ends in the league, two of the most talented players in the NFL. I would say I don't think that's a stretch to throw that out there in George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Yep. But both love to block, mm-hmm. and both are incredible to both. Go into the flat, make a catch, and gain some yards after the catch, but also go 10, 15, 20 yards down, make a cut, and be open like a wide receiver. Like the Jimmy Graham, 
wanting to be a wide receiver in arbitration, that type of stuff. It's that to, to the next level, because I wouldn't say peak Jimmy Graham was this level of dual threat tight end, although dual threat's usually what you accumulate to a yeah. to a quarterback, but still in that level. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I mean, uh, that's one of the hardest positions that I'll break down, well, we'll break down, is, yeah, yeah. is that tight end position. Um, I, I just think there's a, these are two teams that their flaws are covered up very well by some extreme strengths. Yes. Uh, and it's kind of the thing, statistically, though, they, they they both deserve to be here. This isn't the case of a team you're thinking, oh, my God, like, how could this, you know, like a team snuck into this Super Bowl. No, it's um, not. Yeah. It's not what a lot, a lot of people thought with the Rams where there's the controversial call, and even then, you know, you would have thought going into those playoffs last year of they're probably the th- Third choice, maybe right. the second for a lot of people. A lot of people, a lot of people would have picked the Saints to go to be the pick out of there. I did, and I did, I did I too. The Saints, and they utterly but I, disappointed. But but for <laughs> me, I mean, I even thought, granted, they played the Eagles in the first round, but I thought the Bears had a really good chance last year. The Rams weren't really anywhere on my list because they had been inconsistent, and right, you know, they had that good win against the Cowboys, and not to say they snuck their way in. They, the outside of a crap call, mm-hmm. you know, they they went toe to toe in the dome with New Orleans, right. But, there's that, and then obviously the Eagles, there was a lot. There was the big chip on the shoulder with Nick Foles and, you know, Big Balls Doug, you know, before he was really Big Balls Doug, at least to the outside world. We knew. We knew about the we knew about the, the mm-hmm. going for it and everything. But you're yeah. absolutely right. Both teams, it feels almost like the Super Bowl that should have been the, the Super Bowl to end all Super Bowl, Super Bowl 49 between the Broncos, or 48. The Broncos and the Seahawks, number one offense versus the number one defense, that right. Peyton Manning year. Um, that obviously had a ton of hype and then did not live up to it at all. Seattle's defense completely manhandled Peyton Manning. But I don't know. It, it maybe I'm trying to think of another one that had that sort of air around it of two teams you're just both really excited for. Because even the next Bron- – when the Broncos won, when they beat Carolina, you know, Brock Osweiler kind of sneaks his way past – the Patriots in that AFC championship. And there's the argument that if they don't have that overtime win in the regular season, where that gives them the home game, the AFC championship, where they've even won because the Patriots are so different in the playoffs outside of Gillette and all this different stuff. So like, I don't know. This is, this is one of those years that we do get it. It might be the chalk, but it's exciting to see. Right. And I mean, look, let's be honest. I, I have, I have no, I don't. I don't want to. There's not a lot of negatives to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Right. The the one negative that you can say is that he simply hasn't had to do it. Right. Like he threw eight. He threw eight passes. Yeah. But I I go back to the argument of hey look I'm I understand what you're saying but oh well yeah. his team dominated so it, as look I, mean, I remember like Peyton Manning back even when he had the record season with the Broncos yeah if the play in front of him the defense showed run yeah. he ran it. Yep. And if it's working, you stick most with of it. his Colts teams were that right. Way. Granted, yeah. different era of the NFL. Right, right. It, the, most of the great teams in the NFL run the ball a ton. Yeah, they run the ball when the defense gives them it to them. You do what works until they stop you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but if, if you're going to start with the number one comparison, as much as I think Jimmy Garoppolo has done a fine job, there is no Pat Mahomes is Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes is the better quarterback. Level. Different level. Different level. I mean, he he appears to be on the pedestal of being. Look, I, there was a lot of Lamar Jackson hype, and, and he, Lamar deserved it. But quite frankly, I've watched a lot of Patrick Mahomes, and 
he appears to have everything you want in an NFL quarterback. Um, he he can scramble a little bit. He can make every single throw. He looks like a a young a young Aaron Rodgers with his ability to put the ball anywhere on the field that you want it to go. Right? I mean, yeah. period. What I think is wild is that he eclipsed four thousand yards in the regular season. He missed a couple games. Obviously, the knee knee problems. So that's one thing. He missed two games. The other is that his number one receiver, Tyreek Hill, missed a few games. Yep. He was banged up. Yep. Still got 860 yards. Mm-hmm. So if he plays a full season, does he go above the 1,200 that Travis Kelsey had? And where's what are we thinking about a full 2019 Mahomes year? Right. We talked about this a lot throughout the season with what the Chiefs were doing, the middle of the year. You hear this a lot in other sports other than football of, Having that midseason lull, and is it good to have that kind of gut check moment mm-hmm. around an All Star break in hockey, baseball, basketball? The you know maybe lose a couple games in a row in the NBA, or lose a couple series in baseball, or have that you know goalie gets cold for a second and then turns it on. This is basically what the Chiefs did, and Mahomes is the forefront of it because mm-hmm. he granted he missed games, right? But it was about it was really about that, and and you know he. You saw it a lot more in the in the postseason of the rushing because it's wild to me that he only had 218 yards because seeing what we saw in the postseason, you would have thought that the guy did exactly what Lamar Jackson did in having a billion r- yards on the ground and a lot of yards through the air. But he only had 218 yards and two rushing touchdowns. And he, lo- he fumbled the ball three times, which is also crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... It, it is another level, and I think, especially given the body of work throughout the playoffs. Now, granted, you made the point with Jimmy G. He only had to throw it eight times in the NFC Championship game because of how well the stable of running backs that the 49ers have. And, and it might be a super stable. I know that's not really a thing, but... It's pretty big time. It's George Steinbrenner levels of horse breeding stable. Mm-hmm. We'll put it that way. Um, in just next guy up. Yeah. Which that's probably... We'll get to running backs in a second, but... You got to give the edge to Mahomes, but I think that there—that's probably the biggest X factor—is what Jimmy G we see. But I still think peak Jimmy G is not a comparison to Mahomes, at least what we've gotten at a lot. No, couple I, weeks. and again, I also want to make sure that this is clear. G- Garoppolo hasn't had the opportunity truly to yeah. flex the full muscle because he simply hasn't had to. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but the edge has to go to Mahomes in this yeah. case. And I think I think that also the other the big thing with. This argument, too, is what each quarterback has done on their own. Because you think about the NFC Championship game, obviously only eight passes. But if that turns into 20 passes, how many more does George Kittle have? How many more does Debo Samuel have? And it really, you turn it into, and granted, Mahomes has Kelsey. He has Hill. He has Hardman, who when he turns it on is great. Sammy Watkins can be great. Demarcus Robinson can be great. But I feel like you think more about Mahomes on those passes, whereas it's the opposite with the 49ers. Right. You think more about Kittle as the one who gets it done. Mm -hmm. Debo Samuel is this young stud rookie who turns it on. Versus the opposite where it's Mahomes doing these magical things that we saw for a full season in 2018 that we saw glimpses of in the 19 regular season and we've really gotten a good eye on in the 2019 postseason or right. 2020 postseason. Right. No, and I, I mean, you make a great point. Um, so, again, I, I don't, but I don't think because of how good 
the 49ers are, yeah. I, I don't think you can say that it's uh, Mahomes being so much better. Not so much better. Mahomes yeah. being better than Garoppolo. It is an advantage, but I don't think it's a shut the front door. Yeah, I don't it's think it's over. a disadvantage for the 49ers. Right. Well, it is a di- look, look. It, as much as they, they're, they're going to ride with Jimmy G, yeah. I, I think they would prefer to have. It's worth noting this, that they're both the, 49, the 49ers in the regular season were the fifth highest team in total yards per game. Chiefs were seventh. Chiefs were fourth in passing yards. 49ers were 17th. The Chiefs were, were 23rd in rushing yards. Yeah. Comparatively to the 49ers, who we really didn't get a ton of Mostert in the, in the regular season. We've got a lot of them yep. in the postseason. As I say that, I see... Mainly because of injuries that Mostert ended up with 700 yards because he had those monster games at the end of the season. Oh, right. And he definitely had those monster games at the end of the yeah. season. Right. Yep. Uh, and it obviously has in the playoffs, too. So that mm-hmm. kind of throws things off when you look at it because he ended up being their lead rusher, edging out Brita. But, what, he had a 300-yard game in, like, Week 16 or something? Right. Yes. Um, but they were second in the NFL in rushing yards. So it's a tale of two different offenses and how do they flow. Mm-hmm. But, again, I think when you look at the at who is the name that you're thinking about, in quarterbacks, strictly, it's Mahomes. Right. Mahomes gets a check. Yeah. Um, and, and so that leads us kind of to... Yeah, into running backs. Running backs. Um, I, you, you can't... You can't. Well, first of all, I, I know that LaShawn McCoy is playing in this game. Or he's supposed to be playing. He's had a great career. He's not the same player. He's had fumble issues, injury issues. I, I think he... I don't even... Is he? I think he's playing, but I, I could be... Um, let's see. I'm going to double check that for us here. I will too. Uh... And I think that's, but it's something too of Damian Williams had this kind of up and down year. You thought maybe he'd break out in the playoffs, never totally did. Um, and it really, it ended, a lot of the, the rushing game ended up funneling through Mahomes, mm-hmm. scrambling and doing that, which is concerning, I would think, because you established through the run, you mentioned it, a lot of good teams that have won Super Bowls. Started on the run and, and went that way. Yep. At the same time, you would think that they ran into a Houston Texans defense that, granted, they're your prototype of what will you do in the playoffs, but they, I think they had a game plan and, and at least executed it to start mm-hmm. well, and then Mahomes, Did Mahomes cranked things? it up. And then Tennessee had a game plan too that was working, and then up ten nothing. They're up ten nothing, and then did Mahomes things. Mahomes did Mahomes things, but I think the Chiefs defense also really stepped up and they figured did. out. All right, Ryan Tannehill, we're going to yeah. stop yeah. Derrick Henry because we're going to step up. Yeah. And that's what great teams do. They step up in that moment and that gave Mahomes the confidence. I think it's I think it while both times the Chiefs rallied from kind of fumbling around early. I think the first game was Mahomes realized someone's got to put the team on their back and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And the second game the defense collectively stopped Tennessee and Mahomes Grabbed onto that. Right, confidence. right, right. I mean, sorry, but we're I, talking about running backs. No, no, no. So no, no sorry, sorry, no. The, the, well, I mean, look, Damian Williams is, is a very good running back. I, I, I would argue maybe top 20 in the league. He doesn't get as much run as the Chiefs, Chiefs yeah. are, uh, as the 49ers. Chiefs are designed to throw the ball. The problem is behind him, Darwin Thompson is completely un. un um, I mean, he's just untested, doesn't yeah. have a lot of experience. McCoy is older, doesn't have the same pizzazz. Daryl Williams did. healthy? No, no. Uh, if he is, he's not getting much carry. Yeah. No, he might be healthy, but I, he's he's no, he's not. He's not even playing. Excuse yeah. me. So okay. he's he's in the back end. The other edge I want to give, and it's actually something that I'm happy we can even bring up. When you talk about running backs, you got to talk about fullbacks. Yep. Now Anthony Sherman is is a fine fullback for the Chiefs. He plays puts on a lot of hats, but he is not Kyle Uzcheck, the very good 
all pro at at times, versatile fullback of the that, 49ers. What a uh, Eastern European name. Yeah. If you don't know how Harvard, to spell this, yeah, it's not easy. J U S Z C Z Y K. Polish. Yeah. Something Eastern Bloc. Former Harvard grad, started his career in Baltimore, signed a huge for fullback free agent deal with the 49ers, and has been very important to what they do. He essentially fills in a lot of the two tight end role for them. Yeah. So he's so instead of running two tight ends, they run they run Kittle and use check on the field at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um he can catch the ball, he can block, he can so pass. So reverse what the Eagles would do when they do yes. Trey Burton and yeah. offset. And I actually think I hope there's an opportunity during the broadcast or in the pregame for him to talk about these fullbacks. Because I've talked a little bit about how I think the fullback's making a small comeback unseen in the NFL. Yeah. Because I think teams are using versatile. You can't just be a pure blocking fullback anymore, but versatile fullbacks to kind of move them around and 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 operate. So I think the edge has to go to San Francisco. The question is, Absolutely. Who, but who will they run? Because Mozart has been the guy recently, but Breida had a huge outcrop. Yeah. And Tevin Coleman has always kind of floated as that number two for them. Very good career in Atlanta, has come over here. I, I think the three-headed monster is better than than the Chiefs. Although I do think Dar- Damian Williams, as a single individual, is probably better than the other three. Breed yeah. is on the bench because of some fumbling issues, but he's got an elite speed. Williams has elite speed. Moser has elite speed. Coleman can run very fast, if you will. Yep. Um, there's a ton of speed here, but I think you got to give it to the 49ers. They've also had to be the workhorse. It's kind of the yin and yang that, yeah. that the Chiefs have. It's just reversed. I think, too, you can also... If they want to get fancy with it, which Kyle Shanahan, we've seen his play calling, and I'm sure we'll go into coaches later yes. on. Uh, but they can throw Kittle back there as either a fullback who loves to block as a blocking tight end, or even just do a little bubble screen that ends up being something in the backfield to make a play there. Um, I don't know. I just think having to come out of – having to utilize the you know, potential of – a breaking down uh, the pocket breaking down or players surrounding I just feel like there's more skill surrounding it kind of building off that point I made of who who is Jimmy G giving the ball to and I feel mm-hmm. like that's the bigger name right no yeah I mean and people are going to be watching Moser to see if he can do it yeah um, that's it's very important but again I I, I don't I, I feel like it's wrong to just Automatically say Williams is the guy, and yeah. and and uh, but they're close. Um, but I, the edge to me has to go towards towards the 49ers, yeah. and they also just give them the ball more. Um, does that lead? I think that leads us into our tight end conversation. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, it, we talked about it. This this is the most. I think this is gonna be the most fun. It, it's also the most difficult yeah. because we're looking at two of the best tight ends in all of football. I think wide receivers might be tough too. Wide receivers are gonna be very tough. Yeah. But but in terms of tight ends, I I this is a one on one. Yeah, it's it's hard because they're both so fantastic. Um, I think Travis Kelsey has a little bit more name recognition. Absolutely, four seasons of a thousand yards. He's six five. He's massive. Um, he plays a ton of snaps, over ninety percent. He has he's had a couple really big games. I, I'm gonna be honest though. I think I think you have to give a slight edge to Kittle. As good as Travis Kelsey is. I think Kittle is a better blocker. He actually, Pro Football Focus loves him, a 95 grade on blocking. Um, he he straight up can block you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know how to say it. He, he, he loves to block, and he can do it well. And I think that gives you, and you also have to take Mahomes out of the equation when talking about this. So we're, we're just vacuuming 
Kelsey and Kittle. And you put Kittle and Kelsey in the same team with Patrick Mahomes. I I don't think necessarily Kittle gets more yards, but I think it's hard to just say, hey, look, Kelsey's better because he has more statistics. He, he gets more yards, and you know. So that's where I go back to Kittle being better. Yeah. Um, I think too the big thing with with Kelsey is that he comes out in spurts mm-hmm. versus Kittle, who kind of becomes this ever present threat, whether yeah. it is through blocking when he's not catching the ball. He's definitely a better blocking tight end. But I feel like, too, he just slowly puts together these triple-digit receiving yard games, whether it's seven catches or 27 catches. Right. He either he, he figures out how to get his name at the top of the, the stat line, whereas Kelsey, and granted, we talked about that Texans game, and Travis Kelsey was a big part of Mahomes doing Mahomes things, because Travis Kelsey just looked like Shaq against fucking Muggsy Bones. Yep. Or Bogues. Um out there in the end zone, jumping up, catching a ball, and coming down with it. So it's it's not like he isn't some sort of game-breaking factor. Right. But I just feel like anywhere that you go on the field, no matter what the down and distance is, I feel like I'd rather throw it to Kittle knowing... I feel like he's also a better yak threat than Kelsey is, too, in that regard. And, and not that Kelsey isn't bad at gaining yards after mm-hmm. the catch. But I just feel like Kittle... Kittle figures out how to get it done and just yeah. knows once he gets the ball, he can stick his shoulder down. He likes to hit people, craves contact. The body craves it, as Jim Harbaugh would say. And I feel like, I don't know, I, I really like Travis Kelsey. I think that yeah. he's going to play an important role uh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But I would I would pick Kittle as my guy to throw mm-hmm. to. And that's mm-hmm. not just because yeah. we're both Georgians. Backups don't really do a lot. No. Um, Ross Dwelly... I might give the if we're gonna go Blake edge of, of backups, I'd probably give it to Kansas City for backup tight ends. I mean Blake Bell maybe yeah. has some more upside. Dwelly's done a little bit more in the NFL, but I, they're almost unused because they use Sherman and use check so much. So it's kind of an irrelevant conversation, yeah. um, which leads us to the big fa- fun position to talk about, and mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. wide receiver. Oh yeah. Um, you almost can't put more speed in the field between these two teams. No, I don't know if you can. Um, I, we know some big names. You've mentioned Tyree Kill. We've talked about Debo Samuel a little bit, but I want to die. I want to take a step into some of the deeper guys who, who you have to discuss because in the NFL, it's not about one guy anymore. It's about three to four oh, receivers. Yeah. So if you're breaking down a depth chart of, let's say, the Chiefs, you'd go Tyree Kill will be their number one, although he rarely lines up anymore on the outside. Yeah. Sammy Watkins steps in at number two. The The high-drafted... Very talented, yet injury-prone and somewhat disappearing Sammy Watkins. Yes. Um, I, I think it's probably a split here between Michael Hardman and um, uh, Robinson for the Chiefs. Both are lightning fast. I mean, both can just flat-out sprint. I think Hardman is probably the difference I, maker. In yeah. More not to ju- not, I know we still need to talk about the San Francisco wide receivers. Yeah. But Hardman, especially when Tyreek Hill was hurt, mm-hmm. was an absolute lightning rod. Right. For that team. Yeah, so dear, but I probably put Hardman over uh, Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, I would but too. Robinson is also he's a game breaker. I mean oh, he's absolutely. a guy who can take it. That would be to me their big four wide yeah. receivers. Um again, not talking tight ends, so really it's not that, but <laughs> we're having this discussion. Oh, if, yeah. if you jump to the other side, Samuel has a as You're not a, threatened by Byron Pringle? Nothing against the Pring Daddy. No, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with those four. Those are the four getting in the field. Um, if you jump to the other side, number one is Debo Samuel. Yep. Uh, second round pick, by the way. Now he may not be their official number one, but to me, he's number one. I mean, led the uh, 
outside of Kittle, led the team in, in right. receiving yards. Right. The next one would have to be the vet, Emmanuel Sanders, for them. Yep. He's shown up. He hasn't been flashy, but he's been he's been very good. Uh, he played 10 games with them, 500 yards. Um, again, this is something where you like to know you have a guy that you can just get the ball to if needed. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, the guy that's kind of won their their third receiving slot, not always the slot guy, yeah. but third receiving, which is, which is what everyone gets confused about, yep. uh, is probably Michael Bourne. Kendrick Bourne? Kendrick Bourne. I said, yeah. I said Michael Bourne. Excuse me. Kendrick Bourne. Michael He's, Bourne. Former Philly's yeah, great. There you go. Um, <laughs> and another guy with game-breaking speed. Yeah. Just game-breaking speed. The, I think there's a big drop-off for the those first three to the next one. It was supposed, is, is he is he banged up? Yeah, he's banged up. Yeah. It was supposed to be Dante Pettis, former yeah. Washington product. He's oh, really strong. Remember him? Yep. So Richie James Jr. is probably going to get, if he gets plays. I mean, okay. Pettis will be on the field too, but they're pretty focused because of their number of running backs and the way they line up. You're really all you see. By the way, the fun fact, another guy on the 49ers roster – Former Eagle, back with the team, Jordan Matthews. That's right. Yeah. I did see that earlier um, this so week. So not actually. a speed guy. Probably the slowest player on their offense, even after the offensive lineman. Yep. Half kidding. So If he wins, yeah. if he gets a touchdown, is it really like Carson threw a, threw a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Six degrees of separation? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Right. I'm in agreement. I, 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 yeah, I'll agree. Um uh. I think you got to give the edge as good as so. Debo Samuel is a game breaker. Michael Bourne has the speed to do it. Manuel Sanders is a savvy veteran. Yep. They're not to be trifled with. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, by the way, runs like a running back when he catches them up. He he can just barrels. Yeah, he's people. got all kinds of talent. He's going to be great. Uh, I think I don't want to overstate Watkins, Hardman, and Robinson. I no. like them. They all bring something to the table. But I don't want to say that – I don't know if those three would start over Samuel or Sanders on the 49ers. Yeah. They would start over Bourne, but it's close. Tyreek Hill, to me, is the reason i got to give the edge to the Chiefs. Yeah, I think Hill – I think Hardman, just in terms of – if we're talking depth, I think he adds such an X factor to it. Mm-hmm. Because even if the stellar secondary of the 49ers key in on Hardman – or on, on Hill, key in on Kittle – that Hardman can make space, yeah. especially with how quick he is. Right. That he can either you just run them wide, put Kittle over the middle, and even have those Kelsey. Like, uh, you're fine. No, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. They're the same. I'm, they're almost I'm the same. Complete, tight end, I'm though. completely twisting myself right. around. You put Kelsey go over, or even do that Madden boot play where you have Kelsey come across this way, verbal meme, come across from right to left or left to right. And have the wide receiver do the same shadowing route. Yeah, the true OGs I, will understand. What you're saying. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was the old Michael Vick play that just turned into Michael Vick running the ball yes. on Madden 04. Yeah, but um, you have that, and you can have Hardman go that way. And because you have to respect Hill, people would edge that way, and yeah. you see Kelsey go. So it would create a pocket in that, you know, whatever corner. Mm-hmm. Literally, the cornerback probably shades. Maybe he's playing man to man, because. The NFL goes that way now more so than they try to go full cover three. They go kind of a cover three man hybrid. Um, but I, I just feel like Hart, Hardman's speed and his ability to cut, you see it on special teams. So I don't know if he if this factors into how we're going to go into special teams. But the you see it when he returns a punt of how shifty he can be along with that speed because usually yeah. it's one or the other. And... I don't know. He, to me, I think is going to make a huge impact on this game. Yeah. Obviously, Tyreek Hill 
he could win Super Bowl MVP just from having three catches. Yes. But I think Hardman is the could be a backbone. Without to a doubt, an X factor for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we and um, I, I think what 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 Andy Reid does so well with with Hill because you could make the argument Hill's top five. I, I think he's probably top ten receiver in the yeah. league. But he, he's going to line up a ton in the tight slot. So yeah. there's going to be two guys to the left or right of him. So uh, to the outside of him is the better way to put that. And he's going to create havoc in the middle of the field because yes. he can't be covered by linebackers. And you're taking away – you know, Richard Sermon's not going to have a lot of matchups directly against Tyreek Hill. I agree. And so it's where the chess match of Andy Reid comes into play because you're going to see he'll run a lot of routes. He, he, he runs a really great – it's a go route from the slot to the outside. And he basically is going to take whatever shoulder the defender puts at him. He's going to go. The, he's going to make yeah. the defender open his hips the wrong way, and it's what makes him so devastating. And it requires that safety to be near yeah. or paying attention. So, and, and we're going to talk about corners in a little bit. Yeah. We're talking about the guy that's going to have a huge task for the 49ers. So I'm not going to bring it up now. But Hill is just an absolute game breaker. The cheetah is. You'll recognize him as soon as you see him in the field. When you watch the 49ers, I mean, I'm sorry, the the Chiefs offensively. He is the one guy you have to know where he is every time. And as a fan, you should tune into where he is every time as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, brings us to our offensive lines. Yes. The unappreciated players on the field. Um, Andy Reid has always been known for having a very good offensive line, in particular pass blocking. Um, and, and he's got some very good players. Eric Fisher's a former top pick. Second overall, I think, behind Luke Jockel. Jokel, uh, years ago, probably, probably almost 10 years ago, which sounds wild to say. That is crazy to um, think. I know. Um, very, Holy very... Shit. Yeah, Still very good. Not not worthy of the pick, if you will. The other tackle that's really good is, is Mitchell Schwartz for them. Um, 84% grade on pro football focus. He's going to have a huge matchup uh, when we talk about the, the defensive line for the 49ers. So he's really important. Um, and, and so they're going to have a huge, huge task. Um, Laurent, let me I'll get this right, Laurent... Duverday Tardif is an offensive lineman for the Chiefs, who I believe is a doctor. The first ever doctor to play in the Super Bowl, which I just recently found. Really? Out. Pretty fascinating, yep. So the Chiefs don't have a dominating pass uh, run offensive line. They're very good pass rushing, though. Um, you'll see a little bit from Cam Irving, a former top pick that they've kind of remade here. Uh, but the edge is going to just, to me, clearly be the 49ers and what they bring to the table. Yeah. Um, they've used some high draft picks on some guys. Joe Staley has been a forever stalwart there. He actually is an outside um, Hall of Fame career. He's been so good for the for the 49ers for years. Uh, Lake and Tomlinson, uh, kind of a castaway from Detroit a couple years back. Mm-hmm. He's a bully. He's going to manhandle players. And Mike McGlinchey is the former Notre Dame Golden Domer yep. with the classic half cage yep. right down the middle bar. Um he has shown up as a very, very good player, uh, borderline also, pro bowler. I think they can also, in depth, if they need to go six guys, yeah. granted they have George Kittle to also block for the running game, but if they want to go goal line, if they want to go more guys up front, if that Kansas City front four, maybe they send in the house, they want to protect Jimmy G a little more. Yep. I just feel like they can add more onto it if a guy goes down. I just think I think they're better suited that if this game gets really physical and gets really tough, which it could, yep. I think it's going to be high scoring. Yeah, I'd say that right now. But um, I just think that that the Forty ers have the depth to uh, 
step up and you know in, in a crisis situation. We'll talk about scores. Don't worry, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the Forty Nineers have a clear edge offensive line. But I think so. But too. again, it, they're two different styles of offensive linemen. So that's what you really have to understand. Like, that's that's the a fair key. Point. That's a fair. Point. Is and, and so the question would become, if the Forty ers need to pass block, what do they have? Yes, they've got they've got Staley and Michael Gitchy who look great. Yeah. Um, and they're and I think, but I think can the center of the offensive line hold up against some pretty good pass rushers on both sides? Yeah. So um, I do, I do, I do have a second category here offensively. Ooh. All right. Uh, it's it's an all. It's a, before we get to just yeah, overall offense. It's it's skill position rating. So it's if you take the, th- the th- if you take running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and you put them up against each other. So who do you pick if you take overall skill? Oh, wow. Okay. So kind of a different way to look at it. Because you can write individual players, individual mm-hmm. positions, but at the end of the day, what really matters is skill positions on paper. Who do you like in this matchup? I think if you were doing a fantasy draft, you'd take Tyreek Hill overall, overall one, but I'd go 49ers. Okay. Because I like their running backs. I like their tight end. Yeah. And they're, I think they're. I think it's close. I think if you go like wins above replacement, I think the difference between the wide receiving core for the 49ers as a whole is yeah. not that much lower mm-hmm. to the Chiefs comparatively, really comparatively to the running backs. Right. I feel like the the tight ends are close enough that it's almost a wash. Yeah. But the, yeah. the difference of running backs that the 49ers have is greater than the difference that the Chiefs have at wide receiver. Okay. Okay. I, I disagree. I, I like the, the three stars for the 49ers, Hill, Kelsey, and Williams. No. I, no, sorry, 49ers. Excuse me. Chiefs. Wow, we're doing this again. So, so many players that are like, very similar. I like the Chiefs. That's skill. what makes I this like, game fun. Yeah, I like the Chiefs' is skill it, position better than the 49ers. Hot take. Is it because that they're in the uh, – what do they refer to it? The code? The six-letter code for uh, colors? So apparently know. the Chiefs red and the 49ers red. So if you like – Look up if you ever do like web design or anything. It's I think it's like it's almost hexadecimal, um, but you put in like a six digit and it's like H three A two B seven. It's like they're off by like either a letter or a digit in the hexadecimal code. Yeah, they're two shades of red. That's how close these colors are. So I fucked up the joke of saying maybe it's because the colors are too similar that okay. we keep screwing it up. But. Yeah, I mean, but you're not wrong. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, good. We have our first disagreement. Yeah. There we go. Now, offense. So we talk about individual players, talk skill position, including coaching, which we have not discussed and we're not going to, but if you were to rate the offenses, which offense do you think is better in the Super Bowl? Uh, the Chiefs. I think Mahomes I think is... That's pretty easy. Yeah, I, I think, think Mahomes that's is heavily weighted Mahomes, on Mahomes. Mahomes and, and Hill are 1-2. You can take your pick at who you want. Yeah. But... It's. Just, I mean, as much as I love that running back core, again, the serviceability that Mahomes brings above Jimmy G, I think it's just that's so the, much that's greater. That's right. Um, again, Jimmy G, if he steps up huge, who knows? If yeah. he just like he could get, he could do what Brady did last year and just key in on Debo Samuel, key in on George Kittle. One of them ends up having a monster game, ends up taking home the MVP, and Jimmy G has a Super Bowl ring. But I don't know. I think Mahomes. He's not. You're never out of it, as it's been proven time and time again throughout right. this postseason, and really throughout the season. Yeah, in his two years, two full seasons as a starting quarterback, that you're never out of it with right. Patrick Mahomes, right. which yeah. I think is the the big thing. Yeah, which which kind of brings us to the idea of defense wins championships. Yep. And I'm gonna say say that I'm gonna be honest. I was wrong in our preseason predictions. No. I said, look, the Chiefs defense simply, everyone kept saying they added players. What I felt like is they just replaced one player with a similar player. 
They replaced D. Ford with Frank Clark. They replaced Eric Berry with Tyron Matthew. Um, and I personally was like, that doesn't that doesn't move the needle. No. I felt like throughout the season, I was incorrect. The Chiefs have gotten better defensively in a lot of different ways across a lot of different positions. And while I, I'm sure they wish they had some of the guys they let go, I also think this Chiefs defense is very is very Indianapolis Colts like. Okay. So they are built to play with Patrick Mahomes, and as Patrick Mahomes has been healthy mm-hmm. and has been, has that offense has been clicking, you're seeing a Chiefs defense that has the players to do what you have to do with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. So the analogy I'm playing off of is the Colts defense always had Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney on the on the ends, mm-hmm. and they were built to to rush the passer. They were built to stop your comeback attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, to me, what this Chiefs defense is is now more predicated on, is we're gonna take we're gonna find a way to get a lead because we have Patrick Mahomes, and then when we're playing ahead, we're dominant. Yes, um, they're not shut down, but they're good. Well, I think I think building off of that, and granted, take the Titans, you know, with a grain of salt because Ryan Tannehill was not the quarterback to lead a comeback against any defense, let alone the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you saw exactly what they did, and they executed it so perfectly that their front four do such a good job of maybe not completing the sack, but the hurry. You saw that stat. Yes. And they weren't even getting knockdowns either. They just were putting that pressure enough to make a quick decision and make this go. And the the, the secondary, whether you're talking about the cornerbacks or maybe one of the better tandems of safeties in the NFL, in probably what we've seen the last couple of years since really peak Bobby Wagner, Cam Chancellor years in, in Seattle, I would think, mm-hmm. um, in Matthew and Sorensen, they just cover receivers so well in this hybrid cover man type that they do. And you saw it of how well they were playing in that interception that wasn't in the third down or whatever it was against the Titans. Yeah. And... You know, what they were able to do against the Texans and really shut him down there. And a very good quarterback in, in Deshaun Watson. Right. I just think... I want to bring up a guy. You stole one of my X-Factors. Yeah. Sorensen. Yeah. He's very good. He's kind of a he's pseudo... An, he's, he's an unsung hero, I think. Yeah, he's kind of a pseudo linebacking, safety uh, kind of guy. And I feel like he doesn't get a lot of credit. We, we I, When I watch broadcasts, like if you watch Romo talk about, he always brings it up. Sorensen can he just fits he fits holes he fills holes in that defense that I, I think gets underrated one of those guys that's going to make a couple plays but not maybe get all the credit he normally deserves so Daniel Sorensen is a guy to watch out for on the field I, I really like him um, Tyron Matthews is a star uh, I, I think he's very versatile I don't know if he's great at one individual thing um, but he's a very good player. Uh, and that's very important in the NFL. You got to have a guy who can do everything, and he literally does everything. There's no reason not to have him on the field, pretty much at all times. He's a guy that needs to be on the field. Um, yes. And yeah, um, but I, I, I digress. We we do want to talk about individual positions. Yeah. But I think that's a good way to, way yeah. to kick it yeah. off. Now, yeah. I, here's the hard part. They play two different defenses. You've got a four-three and a three-four. So a 4-3, 49ers, four down linemen, three linebackers. Chiefs play 3-4, three down linemen, four linebackers, which creates 
some intri- and, and, and they're in today's NFL all these teams are hybrid so they're always playing kind of different players all around um, and so it's important to note that when we talk about defensive lines they're both different defensive lines and how they're set up and that's on purpose so you almost want to talk about pass rushers in when you're talking about defensive linemen um, both have some elite pass rushers but I, I I do think we can both agree that there's a clear better defensive line. In fact, the best, in my opinion, defensive line at all in football, and that's on the 49ers. Oh yeah. Um, but I think I think one of the better again, I, and I don't mean to like sound no. hyperbolic. Hyperbolic, Jesus, I can't speak. One of the to best it. ever. I wasn't gonna go ever. I was gonna say in the last decade. Because again, like yeah, it's too soon. Because because they're gonna have some more years together. True. I'm just saying on an individual yeah. year basis. Like name another one out, out really outside of Seattle who built from the back forward, and they had really good linebackers that also rushed. And they and they had some good they had some good front seven guys, but a lot of those guys were so good up front because they had such great backs. Exactly. Although you could also make the argument that some of the guys in the back were good because of the guys in the front. So. That's the hard part about this is you have to go between the two and, hey, who is really better? Right. So, But um, still, I mean, like, try to pick who your favorite of the front four is for this 49ers. Who you th- not even favorite. Who you think's the best. What, and, it's, and, it is just picking a favorite, right, in well, my everyone opinion. Everyone says Nick Bosa, but DeForest Buckner has been great. fantastic. Sean Day's been awesome. Yes, D. Ford. Yep. Arik Armstead, a guy who mm-hmm. everyone was kind of thinking about getting rid of, has been equally. Solomon Thomas has been fun. Tom- yes. They are loaded. Yes. On that defensive side, they rotate very, very well. Yeah, they use the hockey strategy mm-hmm. that we talked about it, with the Eagles when yeah. they made their run. DeForest Buckner reminds me a ton of Brandon Grant. Now he's a little bit bigger, yeah, but he can he plays both end and in defensive lineman. Yeah. Bosa is solely on the outside. D Ford is that speed rusher solely on the outside. So this is more um, of an anecdote, not a piece of analysis. But I cannot ever since he got drafted in what 2016, I cannot ever see his name without thinking of. Um, Mel Kuyper saying his name and his thick DeForest Buckner <laughs> the way that he said it. Yeah. But he is fantastic. And right. that's to just think yeah. of it that way is is doing him a disservice because it is. he's so good no. in both getting to the quarterback in so many different facets of the ways that he does it. And if you play defensive line and you know rip moves, swim moves, spins, all these different ways, he executes that technique so masterfully that he makes the guys trying to block him look like Pop Warner plays. Yes. It's incredible to watch. And Nick Bosa does that incredibly well, too. And, and you can say that about a lot of defensive linemen. But Buckner, because, like you mentioned, his size, it's just a lot of fun to see it, see somebody do that because you don't think of them as those quick guys that make those little quick hand fo- hand plays. You just think of them as somebody that's going to bull rush, right. and that's how they're going to get there. Yeah. No, he brings it, and I, and I and I've been impressed watching him because he's kind of turned to. I wouldn't say he was ever considered a bust. Yeah. But he was definitely a guy, a very high pick, top top ten, maybe yeah, top I think five. He, was, he might have been like fifth fifth overall. Yeah, this is right. like so was way by before the way, they. This is way before Jimmy G. It's way before. I mean, yeah, this they're, is they're bringing out five first rounders. Yeah. Bosa, who was just picked this year, second overall. I think he's like one of the Jim Harbaugh's last picks. Yeah. Divorce Buckner. Buckner. Armstead was a first round, high, a mid first rounder. Solomon Thomas was a high first rounder, and D Ford, who came from the Chiefs mm-hmm. out of out of Auburn, was a high pick as well. Now Ford has been hampered a little bit by a hamstring injury. You're going to see him on mostly passing downs because yeah. if it's going to be it's going to be Bosa and and um, 
and Armisen on the side. Buckner will play a lot of defensive tackle. Yep. You'll have Sheldon Day in there. There's a couple other guys, but they're they're gonna bring they're gonna bring it on passing downs, yep. which is probably a great thing for this defense going up against a Mahomes offense, which you know they're gonna have to bring the the pass rush. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a disrespect to the Chiefs to not bring them up. Well, really quickly go though, ahead, just you mentioned just because we've we've really stroked off this off this defensive line and. The ability that Patrick Mahomes does, and I think that becomes one of the keys to this game, is the contain the ability to contain. Almost a containability, which is not a thing. Um, that that whether it's Ford, Armstead, Bosa, how they go in to try to get Patrick Mahomes, because we'll talk about the linebackers and what maybe they have to do in some sort of QB spy or guarding the the flats, but also the you know, kind of that that between the flats and the the seven eight the C gaps D gaps. Um, I'm losing all my different terminologies, but You're right. figuring out how to contain that because the ever threat the ever present threat that Mahomes offers in that way, I think becomes their biggest job. Which I think they have they're certainly up to the task. To oh do yeah, it. they're very skilled. Mm-hmm. But I think if they are too concerned of seeing the lineman drop into pass block and then just try to either bull rush or cut inside or whatever, they could get burned that way. So that's definitely something that I'm sure they're being coached to do. But if, you, if you're seeing them do that early, A, don't be surprised if Mahomes then later takes advantage of it. And B, don't be surprised if Mahomes immediately takes advantage of it. And right. then they really have to go back to the drawing board and figure it out, whether yep. it's in between series or whatever. Which is what makes him so dangerous. Yes. Well, um, let's go to the Chiefs. Right, because I don't want to forget. They've got some very, very talented yes, players. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's not like they're they're bad. Right, no. Because no, even we no. both wrote them off for so long, and I thought that even going into the AFC Championship game, that it was going to be a close game because I wasn't totally sold on their running defense and what they were able to do. And they stepped up to the plate. Yeah, they, they did a really good did. job, and it started with that front four. Well, I mean, the guy, the first guy you got to talk about, and, and I, I, I not, because the other guy's going to overshadow him a little bit, but Chris, mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, Chris Jones, yeah, is going to get paid this offseason. Oh yeah, he is a a very pro, he's slimmed down a little bit, but he's a very prototypical three four defensive end, JJ uh, Watt like big, strong, physical LSU guy. Brings it every game. He can do everything. He can pass block. He can pl- pass rush, run block. Run, uh, you know, run, stop, if you will. Very, very talented. Mm-hmm. You, you pair him up with Frank Clark, the guy they bring over from Seattle. Now, Clark is a little bit of a better run defender than D. Ford was. More of a complete defensive end um, for a Michigan man. Although he does have some off-field stuff that we don't love, but <laughs> very, very. F- Frank Clark is a very good player. He's lived up to the contract they gave him. Um, the other guy though that's going to be super important for the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Is Derek and it's 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 uh, it's not Nandi, I believe. Yeah, I think it's Nandi. Yeah, uh, their massive defensive tackle, who is going to honestly probably dictate more of this game than people realize. We talked about how good the 49ers are running the football. He's there. And speaking of defensive tackles, Andy Reid brings around another guy you haven't heard of, similar to like a Benny Logan, or LSU guy and filled up yeah. for very long. Who's bounced around the league a little bit since, but 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 at his at his prime was a good, if not a borderline, very good Pro Bowl type defensive tackle. Um, he's a run stopper. He's a mountain. He's the guy that's going to try to take up two blockers. I like it. So very important. And the other guy, a little hometown man for us here, uh, Tano Capaswangan, who was a Villanovian, a Villanovian 
defensive end for them, who has gotten a lot of play in the in the postseason, late season postseason okay. as a pass rusher. You'll see him come on the field. They'll push. They'll push Jones inside. Another guy to take a look at. Um, and I want to say that T- Terrell Suggs needs to get lumped into the Chiefs here. Yeah, I, I think he he could have an, an he's opportunity. He's not really a linebacker. He's a three-four outside linebacker. He's a Von Miller. He's a, a pass rushing linebacker. So he's going to be on the field to rush the passer. He's an important player for this team. They're going to need his expertise, his experience, and they're going to need him to do a little bit on the on the pressure side if they yeah. don't have a shot. Um, but very, very, very good defensive line. Yeah. Not the 49ers. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I just think they're not as complete. I think they're fun. They're going to yeah. be. They're going to give. They've got G- players. It's not like I, they're going to give not, Jimmy G a tough time. Right. I, Still, and I, I have no reason to not think that they could stop the horse, the three-headed monster of running backs, the horse stable. But I still need to see it, right? Whether it's Mostert, whether Brita has one of those games they had early in the season, whoever jumps out. I mean, I just need to see them stop it. I know we're going to jump into linebackers in a second, but um, yeah, I just, I think you're right that. Uh, they're really gonna, they're gonna have their work cut out for them, and yep. I think the 49ers are too. Yep. Because I think it's they're certainly it's the better the te- the the better sides of the ball are matching up against each other, of the better offense and the better defense and the better the you know vice versa. Uh, but let's look at linebackers. Yep. Want to start with the Chiefs, or the 49ers? Um. Uh, look, we, well, we just let's start with the 40, uh, the Chiefs because we we already talked about the 40, yeah. we talked about the 49ers last time to start. Okay. Um, we're gonna uh, again. We're removing, uh, um, Terrell Suggs from the conversation. Mm-hmm. Chiefs have a lot of no-name linebackers, guys that that yeah, are a little bit hidden. Um, I don't think that that's anything against them. No, I just no, think no, it's no. something that kind of building off my last point of yes. the running backs of that they they need to make one of them, whether it's Wilson, Hitchens, Lee, mm-hmm. Neiman. Any of these guys need to make themselves the shutdown Ray Lewis, Lawrence Taylor type of they're gonna linebacker. They're going to be tackling a lot. They're going to be tackling a lot, and they're going to need to be guys who do not let them gain a yard after contact. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's probably their biggest their biggest concern, whether yeah. it is through the running back game or through guarding George Kittle. Because if they are struggling, I could see Shanahan decide to just run Kittle up the middle, do you know quick slants and yeah. Pass right. to X, right? And pass that tight end, and then just make them beat them that way. Yeah. So, so the one thing is, I think their linebackers match up well run wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about Wilson. You mentioned Hitchens. Um, Reggie Ragland is their strong side linebacker for yeah. Alabama product. He's a run stuffer. They'll like having him in there for a lot of plays. Um, one of those guys, to your point, probably one of those guys. Although maybe it's Sorensen. Who, or even Matthew, who covers yeah. Kittle more. They might pr- probably bracket Kittle anyway. Um, linebackers for them have had a little bit down this year. Haven't been terrible, yeah. but haven't been... This down is, is the right way to say. This team that has had some great linebackers. Yeah. Tom Bahali, mm-hmm. uh, Derek Johnson was there forever. So they've had some... Justin Houston, they've had some great linebackers come Justin through there. Justin Houston. Yeah, he was a what cult, a I believe, this year. So I don't think it even comes close, in my opinion to matching up against the two-headed monster that is the 49ers no. 
in in Fred Warner. By the way, 49ers are like basically the linebacking dynasty of the NFL. Yeah. We, I mean, we can go way back. We won't get into that. But there's need so to, many but. guys. But Fred Warner and Quan Alexander, who's now back, are excellent. I was about to say, Yahoo has Quan as, as like behind Fred Al- – or behind – just come on, their names. I behind Fred Warner on their depth the chart. I think it's the injuries. It has to be. It is. They, Quan Alexander is their big free agent yeah, signing. Yeah, because it – yeah, both names are huge. We're mostly – Even gonna, their other – their outside linebackers can be yeah. huge factors too, whether it's Greenlaw, mm-hmm. Al Shazier. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Um, she – Shayer, Shayer, mm-hmm. um, Elijah Lee. I mean, these guys—they're not pushovers no. either. They're no schlubs. But they're, you're going to see a lot of two linebackers, and then and then and then four two. Yeah, fives. and then sneak D Ford in as a kind of stand up. Pseudo, and they need yeah. to be. But but a lot of four two. Kind of kind of like what what um, mm-hmm. you know Chris Long had done forever it's with very the, rare with the Rams, the Patriots, the Eagles. Very rare that teams defending against the Chiefs have three linebackers in the field anyway. But uh, Quan Alexander is a do-everything guy. Comes over from Tampa Bay all over all over the field. Um, and at the same time, Fred Warner, is, again, can do it all as well. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see him and Alexander teaming up against the great J- uh, Travis Kelsey quite a bit too. That be- So I-, I do think those two outweigh the depth that the Chiefs have at linebacker. So I'm going to give it to the 49ers. Yeah. Um, moves us over to the cornerbacks and the and the defensive backs of both teams. Two huge stars. Yeah. So I think I'll put it this way, and I'll, I'll see what you think. I think the safeties for the Chiefs are better than the 49ers safeties, and okay. the cornerbacks for the 49ers are better than the Chiefs corners. Okay. Um, I think I would agree, but I think it's closer 49ers safeties than it is 40 than it is Chiefs. I agree. Chiefs cornerbacks, which I, is I a huge concern, because yeah. Jimmy Ward can play yep. for the 49ers. Yeah, that's, a, that's not a, that's not meant to be a slight against yeah. the safeties of the 49ers. No, right. Tart I just can think play as well. We talked about Sorensen. We talked about, and obviously well, Tyron Matthews that, been great. The guy that that the the Chiefs are missing is 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 uh, Juan Thornhill, the mm-hmm. rookie who had a great season until his injury. Yep. Um, I like to rate. Defensive backs on their slot corners, mm-hmm. and Quan Williams is a guy that I wanted to bring up. We we're talking Tyree Kill. He's yep. the 49ers slot guy. Yep. He is going to have such a critically, honestly, I would hate to be him. Terrifying role, um, terrifying role. He's going to play. He's going to have the responsibility of knowing where Tyree Kill is a lot in the slot, having to deal with him. Um, and so that's a huge role. I mean, you, we know we have Richard Sherman, uh, and you've got Mosley, who's taken over for a Witherspoon on the other side for the 49ers. Um, you got Jimmy Ward, you got Tart. So there's a lot of players that are gonna ha- that are gonna be very stressed. On the other side of the field with the Chiefs, Tyron Matthew has to be involved because he's gonna play both safety and a lot of slot corner. For the Chiefs, and he's going to have a huge task. Whether it's Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Bourne, Travis, I mean uh, George Kittle, all the great offensive minds <coughs> are putting, are, are learning how to move guys around to, to make them face off in the slot. And it's, yep. ter- I'm sure, I'm sure these defensive guys are losing a good amount of sleep because, quite frankly, the Chiefs really have very little when it comes to cornerbacks. I was about to say, do you think like 
Given their linebacking core, do you think we might see nickel come out of them just because their cornerbacks can play? A lot of zone. Yeah, a lot of uh, who zone. Talking about, who are we talking about? The Chiefs? The Chiefs coming out of lot nickel. Of, they're going to have to play a lot of zone because, yeah. because um, Kendall Fuller, who, come, who came, uh, Brashad Breland, these guys are, to be honest, mostly journeymen. Um, Mo Claiborne, super high draft pick, yeah. former Cowboy. That's, I, that's, that's sort of where I was thinking. It's yeah, like... they're going to have to figure out some very interesting. A couple guys that you know, Fenton, another guy you're going to see out there a little bit, who's had some moments but struggled. Um, Rashad Fenton, I'm concerned. Like you go, you go Hitchens, Ragland, and then, and then go Nickelback. I mean, this is where I think. This there. is where I think the Chiefs. They're better against to me. The Chiefs have a great pass rush. Yep, and they have a, a good front set. They have a good front seven, and they lose a little bit other than Tyron Matthew. But Spagnola is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I think I think they have it. I was about to say they're like the Dodgers, using a baseball example of this plug and play. Try to throw a number of different ideas of how. The, for those that don't watch baseball, the Dodgers have a, a number of different guys. That can play different positions. They kind of plug and play and figure out what works. It came up short for a number of different reasons. What's turning out to be that uh, you know there was some sign stealing and a little bit of uh, electronic thievery, but you know they got close. They won the National League a couple times, then you know screwed up with a weird Game Five decision in the NLDS against the Nationals. But the chief, my point being, is that the Chiefs maybe can try to do something like this. Granted, it's the Super Bowl, so you don't want to just start coming up with crazy player personnel ideas crazy ideas obviously in the last 10 years we've seen some of the craziest ideas win you a super bowl whether it's 10 years ago kicking an onside kick to start the second half the philly special not giving the ball to marshawn lynch sort of the reverse crazy idea losing you a super bowl um but you know it would be real i think it's just really interesting whereas with the 49ers you can run straight up with what you have and Tay beat this. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes this intriguing. If you look at it as a as a whole of the 49ers, I think on paper definitely have the better defense. But I think if the Chiefs figure out some combination that works, granted Shanahan's smart enough as an offensive mind that he'll figure it out enough that they might need to tweak it. So seeing that and kind of the struggle between how the off the 49ers offense runs and seeing how the Chiefs either rebound to it and then try to make the 49ers re-counter their counter uh, I think is a really intriguing storyline kind yeah. of on the underlying theme of this game yeah yeah and and I and this is where this is the concern comes in with Kyle Shanahan being able to to play the chess match against some Chiefs linebackers and safeties and corners really linebackers and corners who have struggles so he's going to try to find a way to pick on those guys in this regard, and that's a concern I think that the that the Chiefs have on defense all the way through. Um, let's talk about the third. Some special teams. Special teams action. Love it. Can I would argue that the kicking kicking is a wash? Robbie Gold, Harrison Buckner are both very very good. Gold's more of the veteran of the group. Um, they Buckner's both, good though. Yeah, they yeah. both they both to me present no. I'm not concerned about either kicking. Yeah. Um, Colquitt. Is a hell of a punter, mm-hmm. and as we saw in the Super Bowl last year, punting does matter. Yeah. Um, now, 
we're not going to know a ton um, when it comes to, but but having an elite punter can make a serious difference. Yeah, you, you're going to have to lead this part of the conversation. I yeah, no, 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 no. As well. That's that's okay. Yeah. Um, but it, you, you can't necessarily win a Super Bowl on your punter, but you can lose it. Oh so, yeah. Colquitt is the is the Chiefs punter. He's very good. He's been around the league for quite a while. Mitch uh, Wisnowski is the punter for the 49ers. Not a bad punter. Not a great punter. We're not talking about two elite guys. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to give a slight edge to Colquitt just simply because he's done it longer. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not to be. Where I really feel like the special teams comes into play, though, is what we see in the return game. Yeah, and, and I think that's what the difference maker now, is. Now, look, there are plenty of 49ers guys, whether they put Debo back there. They're not Michael Hartman. They're not Tyree Kill if he gets out there. They're not Robinson. To me, the Chiefs have a much stronger potential on the return side of the ball to make a difference. And that's why I'm probably going to give the edge, seeing as everything else is a wash to me, to the Chiefs. Yeah, I think it's a clear I think it's a clear especially on the returner, it's a clear edge to the Chiefs. Yeah. I think I might give a kicking edge to Gould. Yeah. Even though Bucker is good and he's a solid you know, get it done, especially Miami, unless we're getting a Bears Colts rain out. Which right. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't looked at the weather, but I don't think. I think we've heard more about it if it's even a chance of showers like that. Um, but yeah, it's Hardman. We talked about it before with wide receivers. I think they've shied away from using Tyree Kill because Hardman's done such a good job returning Sunny kicks. Sunny is 71 on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. Then, yeah. Don't even worry about that on the kicking end. Um, but yeah, Hardman is. He's just so good, and he makes cuts that way. You see it. You see what makes him such a good wide receiver and why he was, you know, one of those guys that you could just go pick up, and it was worth it in fantasy. I know that's not making a difference to the Super Bowl, but why he was just so, why he was so valuable to not just the Chiefs but to football fandom as a whole. If you missed him throughout the year because you're an NFC fan or you're a fan of an AFC East team or an AFC North team and you just didn't really see too much of the West Coast games, you know, you were missing out because this guy's a lot of fun. And he's that name that that pops up and, you know, in Daily Fantasy doesn't get a ton of play and still stays as a cheap option. I know yep. we might save that for picks or prop bets, but there there's a free one for you of look at him and see what his price is looking like, especially with Tyreek Hill probably being so expensive and rightfully so. But I think... Just a huge, huge edge. Mm-hmm. No. no matter what they decide to do. Or even if it's some scenario where they put them both out there because they think they could try to go coffin corner and you go some sort of fake or a reverse on a on a kickoff return. Again, I think Andy Reid is savvy enough to try to figure something like that out. And I think you have to give the respect to it and it's a clear edge. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that kind of leads us to the coaching matchup. I'm... Gonna go. I'm gonna just I, give it to Andy Reid because a, Shanahan. It'd be it's kind of a simpleton pick to just say oh Shanahan with the Falcons a couple years ago with the 28-3 lead. Yep. And how he kind of panicked and and there's all this different stuff because it's not just on him. The the Falcons defense really screwed the pooch there too. But I just think Andy Reid has had and this is a big storyline of it too of his full career and where he's come from with the Eagles. You know, starting all the way back with the Packers and the amount of experiences that he's had of having to work with so many different quarterbacks that have so many different skill sets and the various different defenses and the way that he's evolved throughout his career. And I'm not meaning to make this sound like this edge is just a lifetime achievement award, but that experience and the way that he 
has been able to figure it out, especially through a lot of different adversity, staying calm under pressure, being able to instill that confidence in a young quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, being able to, to run player personnel and figure out guys um, <clears throat> to get the job done. He's been able to build franchises. And like you mentioned with the defense, he's made smart choices along with his GM to not necessarily be cost-effective, but to you know rebuild a team that was so close to the Super Bowl last year that a guy they traded away, he was on the opposing team now in D. Ford, yeah. he doesn't go offsides. Maybe they are in the Super Bowl. Maybe they win the Super Bowl. And, and he was able to take a team that was banged up with injury and go from there. And, and not to say that what Shanahan did this year and what he did last year, I think last year is probably a bigger example of his body of work, with Jimmy G going down early and, and going through Beathard and Nick Mullins and, and all that stuff and still getting an incredible year out of George Kittle and the different running backs and mm-hmm. different injuries there. But I think the raw talent that the 49ers have, have given has given Shanahan a little bit of a step up, whereas Reed has had to really lift himself up from the bootstraps and really inspires team and be smart about it. And I yeah. think that really gives him an edge. This is a legacy game for Andy. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's a Hall of Famer regardless. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I think he's one Especially of those guys with... Bill Cowher's with the, getting in. He had yeah. one Super Bowl. I mean, even without a ring, I think he's done so much yeah. for so long. Now, I, I, the thing is, it's not like the door's slamming shut for Andy Reid unless the Chiefs decide, and I don't think they're doing anything of the no. nature. Um, but to me, this is a legacy game because... This is this is a different feel from those Eagles teams, which were which were all time. I mean, they were all time great Eagles teams. The ones, yes. the one, especially the one he took the Super Bowl. Um, but he needs to prove he can get over the hump. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think he's got the guy to do it, but he's going to need a little bit of help because the 49ers are so loaded. Mm-hmm. To me, defensively, it's just it's going to be, uh, whew, it's going to be difficult at times. But I'm. So does that. Do we were we going with picks now that we've had this conversation? Yeah, let's do picks. Okay. So it's currently, so it opened up. Let's go from there. We'll start the story. Opened it a pick 'em. It's now Chiefs minus one and a half. The over under the total points for the game, open at fifty one and a half, has moved all the way up to fifty four and a half. Now that being said, the money currently for the spread, forty percent of the bets are on can are on San Francisco, sixty on Kansas City. 56% of the money is on Kansas City. So that means that the bigger batters are throwing sort of throwing some shekels on the uh, the 49ers. The money the money and bet for the over is astronomically high. Which you know, it's saying you don't like fun if you're going to say under, you know, yeah, right. under 54 and a half. Right. But you know, there's something to be said there. Now all that being said, we want a winner. I I'm going to go with the 49ers. Okay. I just think I really want want one for Andy Reid. I just think the defense is going to make a difference. I think it's a higher scoring game, which bodes better for the Chiefs. Um, I just think that the running game is going to figure something out. It's going to get them a bit of an edge early. And I think being able to not only rely on, on whichever running back you want to, but then have Kittle have different guys you know, whether it's Samuel, whether it's Emmanuel Sanders or whomever, you know, is 
It's it's a good it's a good edge to have. Yeah. I think it's going to be high scoring because I don't think the Chiefs are ever going to be out of this thing. Okay. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a situation where the, like with the Titans where it's ten nothing and then all of a sudden it's twenty mm-hmm. it's twenty eight ten, um, or like the the I don't think it's the Texans where they where the 49ers go up big. I see this being a back and forth game. Okay. And I like the over in this. I like this okay. to be a, like a. 34-30 game. Mm-hmm. Some sort of, you know, a number of two-point conversions. You know, maybe, I don't know if there's a defensive touchdown or not. But that's the other thing, is that I think if there is, if there is going to be those, I don't know what the best way to describe, and if there's a non-offensive touchdown at DST, I think the, it's either a kick return from McCole Hardman, or a scoop and score, maybe even a pick six. From the 49ers. Okay. Okay. Do you know what the average score in the NFL was this year? I do not. It's pretty fascinating. I just learned this. 24-21. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's pretty weird to me. Um, I would probably go against everything the money. I am going against everything the money is going going for. No. Going against Vegas. I I think we're talking about two very, very good defenses. I think we're talking about a game where both teams are going to try to play mistake-free football. Mm-hmm. And I actually like the under. And I like the Chiefs, but I like the under. I think both these defenses are being slightly disrespected by the over. And they're being disrespected by the money. We're talking about an elite San Francisco 49ers defense. We're talking about an underrated Chiefs defense. And I think they've had two weeks to prepare. So I, I, and I love both defensive coordinators. I think I think the um, uh, Salam of the of the of the 49ers should be head coach soon. I love the under and I love the Chiefs. Okay, and I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, I think because of the way the matchup is, you've got a great Chiefs defense versus a great 49ers offense. Uh, sorry, great Chiefs offense versus a great 49ers defense. You've got a good Chiefs defense versus a good 49ers offense. Yeah, that's a great. Well. That's the best way to put it. Uh, I don't think it's 13 to three. But I think it's more. I think it's. I think it's twenty. I honestly think it's twenty four twenty one. I think Mahomes gives you three touchdowns. I think the 49ers score three touchdowns. I think there's a late field goal to win to win this game. Uh, so yeah. I, I like. I like the Chiefs to cover the one and a half because it's one yeah, and a half is basically a pick them. Basically. Um, I don't Although know. Although with just, today's NFL with the two pointers and all that. Right. I just. I for whatever reason I think the defenses are going to play more of a role. I think we saw the trend start last year with a, a, a game that like I mean come on. Could the Rams' offense be better built in terms of just pure paper? If you're going to build an offense in Madden, you build the Rams' offense. It's oh, worth yeah. three points. Now, now the the Patriots had a great defense. They had a great game plan, and Jared Goff didn't play that well. Plus, Patriots punter played great. Um, but I, I'm so I I'm taking the Chiefs and I'm taking the under. You're taking the 49ers in the over. So we couldn't be more. Opposite. I'm just a big over guy. So hey, hey, I'm all. I look. I hope it's exciting. I do. I do enjoy watching a good defensive struggle. Oh yeah. But let's be real. Last year's Super Bowl wasn't fun to watch unless you were a fan of the of the of the of the Patriots, really, because if you're the Rams, you didn't like to watch it. Um, or you bet Julian Edelman for Super Bowl MVP. Or you bet the under. Hard. Yeah. Who bets the under? <laughs> but I look. I just. I feel like these two defenses are really, really good. I love their front four, and uh, as we've learned, front four is everything. Oh yeah. Uh, That's lo- why I think the 49 like that that edge there. And I think yeah. So I, I like so again I, I feel like Mahomes does enough and I feel like Andy gets it done, but 
I also am struggling to say that I'm I'm confident the Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes, but I, I love the 49ers. I think they're just a great team. I think these are two great teams. But I, I like the under and I, I like the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, and I think your Super Bowl MVP is Patrick Mahomes. If my if my if my yeah, comes to fruition, um, without a doubt. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I think if the 49ers win for me, they rarely give it to a defensive player, even when the, de- the defense plays great. But given an over, I don't think that that. Uh, really yeah, unfortunately, it's gonna be pretty hard. unless there's two pick sixes. It's going to be pretty hard to to deal. To yeah. Deal with that. yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably. Probably go George Kittle. I don't know. I, I really like Kittle, so I'm a little yeah. partial there. But um, it's all right. Go for it. Yeah, I'll probably go with him. Um, what do you want to do next? You want to do props? You want to? Do, we did a lot of storylines. Is there any other that we need? to No, cover? I think we covered like I think we covered like a lot of storylines. Yeah. there. So I don't. Especially I don't, you mentioned the, the Reed legacy, which is huge. Right. Right. Which we is did massive. have the, the fan question from Emily, which I think we might just do in the form of, and also her suggestion of Instagram polls quiz of. Andy Reid Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, I think the one hard part with that is that his best best Hawaiian shirts are all at the same place. Yeah, at the Pro Bowl. Well, or well, the coaches meeting. Yes, yeah. he crushes the game at the coaches meeting. Yeah. So what we can do is we maybe can post the some best pictures is, of him. The best is how big of a smile he always has. Oh for yeah, it. he's always loving life. He's always so happy. Which though. you got to appreciate. I mean, Andy Andy is a great guy. I, it's weird, it, it, you know, he left here. And and it was very expected that he would leave. Yeah. And it was very okay. Um. And and he did a great. He he did so great here. Oh yeah. And I think he'll I think he'll have a nice one day kind of retirement ceremony, if you will. Um. He's. I feel like we've. He's, I mean, still, he's still loved here. He's very. I was loved about to here. say we definitely made amends to it. I saw a couple takes after the the Chiefs won, that some were provocateurs on social media, but. Saying that it's pathetic of Eagles fans to be happy for Andy no, Reid. That's that's just you know what I take. Coach K just yeah. had this problem last night. Now it turns out he was wrong and he apologized for it, but he got mad at it, the Duke Cameron crazy. Oh yeah, this is actually a really for, interesting story for cheering uh, for saying something about a it's former sit with us. Which right, was the pit coach was a both a player and an assistant. Right, yeah. Which Coach K wasn't hearing what they were saying. I think right, that's what no, he said. No, yeah, yeah. And, and he's got a lot going on with with the other situation. Yeah. Right. So he he was upset, but but his basic point was, I, I apologize. Except I will always support my guys, yeah. even if they're playing against me. Yeah, I will always support former and and, and Andy Reid was loved here. Oh and yeah, he did. I mean, he was incredible here. I and mean, we we got to admit. I mean, well, and also it's worth is, noting he just got into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone talks about Buddy Ryan in Philly, yeah. and I got nothing against Buddy. I, I didn't I didn't grow up in that era. He didn't. Win anything, like anything. Yeah, I feel like when you think of Buddy Ryan, you think of the '85 Bears. You don't think of his tenure of immediately right. becoming the Philadelphia Eagles now, coach. Now he, he did. He kind of revitalized the birds, so yeah. I respect that. I know he brought a big attitude here. Andy Reid won. Yeah. He won the Super Bowl, but he won when he was here, and he really changed the narrative of, of an Eagles franchise that had shown four for straight NFC championships. Right. And then after the turmoil of To leaving mm-hmm. and Donovan McNabb starting a series of years where after Week Five. You just say, right. "All right, Donovan, get healthy." It's also nice. he's still a in those years. He's still one year first. The first year after the Super Bowl was a complete debacle. Then the next year, he does it with Jeff Garcia. Yep. And a team that really had, aside from a very good defense, had no business yep. winning the NFC East. No. And then there, that's the year of Sheldon Brown's huge hit on Darren Sproles and the great, or not Darren Sproles, Reggie um, Bush. Reggie Bush. 
in, in the Super Bowl. To the right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then, definitely playing now, but whatever. What was 07? 07, I think they missed the playoffs. Yeah. Oh yeah, 07s were like they had, they had some hype and then stunk, and the Giants yeah. win the Super Bowl. Then 08, another year where McNabb doesn't know ties were a thing. That kind of it turns out they need one last day and step up big and really. Outside of a couple offensive line injuries, probably should have gone to the Super Bowl. It's yep. the last yep. NFC Championship with the Eagles, where the the crazy Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl. But but the other guy I have with Andy is he never he didn't go to a rival. You yeah. know I mean, he took a year off and he went with the Chiefs. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't and like he, a it wasn't like his big. I mean, honestly, I don't even remember. But you I, I don't something? remember his firing. But you firing. want to know something too? You know who Andy Reid's one of Andy Reid's last draft picks was. Yes, Lane. Lane is one. No, Lane. No. Lane was, was Lane the first year chip. He was the first okay, chip pick. Okay, Fletcher. Yeah, Fletcher Cox, but also Brandon. Uh, I don't know about Brandon. Grant. Nick. Yeah, Nick. Foles. Okay, all right. Nick I Foles. was going to get there eventually. Nick Foles was I'm a right with all those. Yeah, and and won the fourth game in the four and twelve year. Yeah. The Eagles started three and zero. Oh yeah. With was it with Vic? And then Vic got hurt. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. and then Vic gets hurt, and Nick Foles led a let a fourth quarter as time's expiring drive to win the game mm-hmm. for Andy Reid's last win as yeah. the Eagles coach. But again, I don't I don't whenever I think of the Andy Reid era, I think of not winning a Super Bowl, but I also think of a lot of wins. So it's like again, I, I know there's, there's no yeah, there's no yeah. it's not like with Chip Kelly where there's two years of excitement and then one year of massive yeah. disappointment. It's not like uh, that's a whole podcast in, in the Chip Kelly roller coaster. I drew a roller coaster on my little sheet. Yeah, yeah, is is a whole podcast. It's not itself. It's not. I mean, Sam Hinkie is now well regarded, but at the time of although you could make the argument that if it wasn't for Chip Kelly, we wouldn't have won. No, the, you were you were a Chip Kelly apologist, and and the I different moves he made still might be. A I'm Chip trying to Kelly think of apologist. another. I'm trying to think of another Philadelphia coach of like. That we were all Chip Kelly's one, but like that we were all pretty excited about, or like we felt good about, and then the ending was just so bad. Like it's not Doug Collins, it, no. Dave Hackstall maybe, but he wasn't really that exciting when we yeah. hired. When the I, I hired liked him. the hiring, but I, I wasn't yeah. like, oh, here uh, this is it. Yeah, Laviolette wasn't even that way, and no. he immediately had success, and then a weird firing, so it wasn't even. Yeah. There was no animosity with the fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, there isn't really another one I can think of that that is that way. Which you want to say all that you will about us as Philadelphia fans, but we've had, good, we've had some pretty good coach. Our, yeah, we're both born in nineteen ninety, so good, right, right. Yeah, like we didn't live through Dick Vermeil or right, right. Anybody no. else? I mean, and then yeah. you go back into the eighties. Both the Sixers and Flyers had incredible success. So you yeah. can't really think anything negative there. Francona, you can't be upset about. Maybe Larry Boa. I mean, you want to talk Phillies? I mean, yeah. but, but again, we didn't. I mean, this the city wasn't in love. With, and it's not uh, Gabe Kapler. We, we were excited. Uh, people that need to remember. People were happy he got fired last year, but we nobody was really happy in, when we fired when, when we Chip hired Kelly him. came here. The city was in love with Chip Kelly. Oh yeah, but uh, wait, we're getting away from the. We are. Yeah, yeah. We're sorry. sorry we had full Philly. Um, yeah. So we did storylines. Um, want to talk prop bets? Yeah, super prop bets. Yeah. So there's some really interesting ones. I'm on a sheet that's doing a. Full by the way, by the way, heads. Always heads. No, tails never fails. Oh, heads all the way. Oh, come on. What are you doing? Uh, I have a lot of player props here. I'm trying to find like the fun, crazy prop bets that are more fun. Yeah, damn sports books giving me player props of first to score or coin toss and winner, which I never thought was a thing. 
Um, like I'm trying to find a cool, you know, the the more party bets that yeah, you can impress right, your friends right, with, right, right, like national national For anthem. For example, length. what is is the national anthem like? Uh, I think it's over under one fifty. Who's singing it? I don't even know. Demi Lovato, maybe. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. Um, that's fun. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Demi Lovato. I feel like you hit the over. She likes to stretch out. That's what notes. I said. She's gonna bellow a couple yeah. notes. She's a great singer. Um, let's see what else I had. What else I had? There was. Um, um, so I like the over on Lovato. I think you do too. Yeah. Um, other ones I saw. I'm a heads guy. You're a tails guy. Whatever. Fine. First thing to be scored: touchdown, field goal, safety. I said touchdown. Yeah, I think touchdown too. I'd like a. I mean, I feel like field goal is the safe bet, but touchdown yeah. with these two teams. Who I think scores is... first? Who scores before the? Who's the last team to score before the half? 49ers. Really? See, I think the Chiefs because I think Mahomes is a better opportunity. Than down Depends on who has it first. I literally. Well, that's why. It's I think it's going to be right? boom, 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 boom. Right. That's why it's the um, prop bet. Man, I need to find the Dandy Pietro fun prop bet. Yeah, like wild prop bets, right? Yeah, he he finds the good ones. Like all I have are player props yeah. of. Oh, here's some good ones. Yeah, the, yeah. So what 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 color will be Debbie Lovato's primary outfit? Oh God! Will Trump tweet during the game? Oh, I saw That's that. That's a yes. I saw that. No, no, no. It what was, are the it, odds wait, wait, on wait, that? Wait, 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 no, no, no. Can it I was, bet on that? No, no. It was would it, the, the one I saw was will there be more Trump tweets or scores, not points, but scores? Ooh. And I said more Trump tweets. Ooh, yeah, it's got to be more Trump tweets. Something, something. My, my, no, maybe it wasn't exactly that, but it was something along those lines. I want to hear Trump's thoughts on the halftime show. You probably don't. You probably don't. Um, I probably don't, but I think it just... <laughs> yeah. Trump's just a crazy person. <laughs> That's not a political comment. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Um, um, ooh, here's some good ones. Um, oh, some good commercials. What will appear first, Netflix or Amazon? Netflix. No. I think Netflix. Oh. I think we get like a... Yeah. We get like a, sh- a Stranger yeah. Things 4. Yep. Like a quick hint, like we did however many years ago Stranger Things 2 did. You know what? I'm gonna be Doritos honest. Doritos are Snickers. The, I'm, the I'm a little ruined. I don't like the fact that the commercials come out. I don't beforehand. either. I don't either. Because uh, I, you, I think we got less this year than we have in the last couple years. So you're sitting down, right? You watch the Super Bowl. With a big party going on. When do you use the bathroom? During the game. Right. Me too. Yeah. Right. I find a lot. You don't want to miss a, the commercials. A punt. I run and go. Boom, 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 boom. boom it's the boom, t- boom. it's the time also that everybody shuts up. Right. No one talks not, during the commercials. Because not the like. I don't want to like. Sound like I'm gatekeeping. By the way, being a sports fan, Doritos. Yeah, Doritos definitely. Doritos might be the first one. Um, not to sound gatekeepery of being a sports fan versus like going to a party with non-sports fans. Well, that's that's the grand unifier. It's not Patrick Mahomes or oh, look at the you know right non-sports look, fans look, watch Super Bowl. Look at Andy Reid or look at this right. guy or you know why, I, yeah. why why does Patrick Mahomes sound like Kermit the Frog? Mm. It's Great, great clip by Tyree Kill. Oh, yeah. If you want to hear something funny. That's the name of the party I'm going to. Oh, I saw that, right, yeah. Is the Kermit the Frog party. Shout out Ryan White. uh, Because our boy, the youth, is actually a Chiefs fan. He's a Chiefs and Patriots fan. Yeah, he's a little strange. But we knew he was strange. But he's always been more Kansas City anyway. He's just from Vermont, so he gloms on to New England. Oh, right. Uh, He's not like... He's not like... uh, Our one friend who likes the Cubs and Pirates, Mr. Jared Barnes. Um... Which will, as baseball comes close. By the way, though, it's not okay that he is a Chiefs and Patriots fan, but he's not, as my opinion... You think, push comes to shove, he roots for the Chiefs. Yeah, but he's also not a huge... Um, he's, he doesn't... In our sphere, 
Yeah. Right? Like, we talk like he, sports. Logan, he only, he Jared, likes the Patriots. Like, but he's not a huge sports he's, fan. You he's, know a what big, I mean? he's a big soccer fan. But he's also not... But like, I said sports for fan. Baseball, I said sports fan. Yeah. Not for European baseball, activity fan. He likes... Okay. <laughs> but for baseball, it's not he's, he doesn't go Red Sox Royals. He loves the Royals. Like he he may not watch a ton of baseball, yeah. but he'll he says the Royals. He knows players right. on the Royals. I think he just likes the Patriots because it's New England, you know. Um, but other we're, we're really getting off the rails. You're okay. Um, ooh, temperature at kickoff over under 70, 70 and a half. Where's the see, where, where's the temperature taken? I don't know the answer to that question, man. So my, because if it's in the stadium, I think it's over. If it's on the roof, I think it's under. Ooh. I mean, I seventy-one in Miami. Oh my god! All right, so we're gonna go with this last one. By the way, by the way, talk about Miami weather. It is literally just supposed to be seventy degrees all night tonight. Not up, like literally seventy. That's incredible. Which is just. And God, okay. I don't even want, like honestly, I can't even look at the weather. Miami so, it's supposed to be so, eighty degrees inside tomorrow. I can't even look. So there's some other good ones. We'll okay. go. We'll go uh, rapid fire. Let's do it. Bang bang. Three and a half commercials with dogs over under. Over. Yeah. Uh, player taking a knee. No. During the national anthem. anthem. No under. It's it's, it's, um, it's out this First coach being shown during the national anthem. Andy. Wait. I think so too. Any coach or just head coach. Uh, the sheet I'm looking at just says I'm, which I, coach. Andy. I'm going Yeah, Andy, I would Andy, go right? Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. I wouldn't go like... Robert Roman, Sala, though? Yeah. The guy for the... Sala, I think I'm right. Yeah, the guy Yeah, Sala, I would... Yeah. yeah, if you say like a random coordinator and you get that right, all power Yeah, team. I'm going Andy, though. This one's fun. Will a scoring drive take less time than the National That's anthem? the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's the... Yeah, That's I heard that one. That's a fun bet. Yeah. Um, I said yes because of the speeds. I think somebody will so score... I think the National Anthem's long and I think... I think... We're going to have, like, it's going to be 7-7 before you know it, and then it's going to be, like, yeah. 17-10 at the end of the first quarter, and then maybe we have a little lull in the second quarter. Right, right. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, so two more. Longest penalty game over under 16.5 yards. Over. I think there'll be a pass interference call. Okay. Point. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll I feel like that's pretty the safe. Field, yeah. Then the one to bring it home. Will there be a banner stating Epstein didn't kill himself? <laughs> In the stadium? I think sh- either in the stadium or shown on TV. No, I don't know I, how I, you judge that. I, uh, unless, uh, look, the only way that happens is there's a super cryptic meth- message, which I, I think could happen, but no, I, I would say there is not. Yeah. Because it's the NFL, and they yep. lock it down when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yep. So I really don't think there will be. Yep. All right. But I sh- there should be. <laughs> um, all right. So, do props, storylines. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to do the Andy Reid bracket. Anything else before we wrap this thing up? No. Um, well, you do, you going to Papa D's? No, no. I'm watching with uh, with uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. There you go. And their little ones. So, nice. Um, actually, I think it's no, it is. Well, second Super Bowl, I guess. Anyway, he doesn't remember anything. We're gonna help out some kids stuff. So I'm really, I'm excited about it. That's awesome. Um, I do. I do. I just very briefly because. It, it just happened. It was very difficult. I think it's probably also why the Super Bowl is a little a little off of my mind. Is is you know the the helicopter crash this past weekend. Yep. Um, I think what hurts me the most is is really is Gigi. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. Yeah. But I think the really positive that comes out of it for me is this whole hashtag girl dam situation that's occurring. Yeah, I think um, so too. Really powerful that that you know Kobe Bryant was all about his daughters, four mm-hmm. daughters. I mean, think about that. 
man is a basketball player, man's man, hyper competitive, mm-hmm. you know, had all these things. And I, I'll be honest, I was never a huge Kobe fan. I, I, I didn't, not his work ethic. I just, I didn't, I didn't always agree with some of his game, like some the way he played the game. I, I thought he was very score heavy, and, I, and I'm a big, I'm a big do everything all around. But again, he won championships, so yep. I can't, I can't, I can't disrespect. Um, but I think he was a might have been a better father from what I've seen than a player. Yeah, I think that's what hurt me the most is when the news broke that his daughter was in the helicopter. Yeah, you and I were texting throughout. Really it. hard for me. Love that, it. I, I was doing okay, and then, then I heard his his daughter was in the helicopter. It just crushed me. Yeah, because he's 41. Yeah, and, and and it was incredible to see. And so many more athletes are like this. Is what they do after the game is over for them, and he yeah. was very content. But I, it's so hard for his daughter to be. To, uh, it just it's so sad. Um, yeah. And I thought I think what they're doing is is everything. Every sporting event is doing something, and yeah. I think that's so important to celebrate. But they're not just celebrating him; they're celebrating his daughter. The others, they're celebrating those that were also yeah, all the rest of the right. other. And I think that's so impressive. The people in the helicopter. Yeah. yeah, I was at the Sixers game. Put it up on our Instagram. I didn't. I out of respect, I kept my phone in my pocket. I tried to like quickly after the after everything no, but get a picture, right. but. So what the Sixers did, they did nine beams of light. They had Kobe's Lower Marion jersey at center court next to the bell. And they had, that's one of the beams. And they had eight others representing the other people that, that yeah. perished in the crash. Uh, and then they had a 33-second moment of silence. 33 was Kobe's number at Lower Marion. And then rang the bell nine times, which if you've ever been to a Sixers game, basically they have a, they have a miniaturized Liberty Bell. At center court that they bring out on wheels, and we'll have a f- local celebrity come ring the bell. Whether it's you know the local weatherman, Jason Siegel was filming a show here, and they had him ring it. They've had Charles Barkley come out and ring it. They did not have a ringer. They just had a basically. It almost sounded like the bell ring clip from the start of Hell's Bells, but they rang that nine times. And as that was going on, they showed right after that they showed the clip of the final game Kobe played in Philly, which that day was the day he announced his retirement, which I forgot about um, until my fiance Emily pointed that out as this was happening. So the the, the PA announcer, you know, said from Lower Marion, you know, the five-time NBA champion, it's 20-time All-Star, 19-time All-Star, you know, and all these different accomplishments. And they showed that clip. And they showed all this different stuff. And it was incredible to see. And it ended with Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. And the camaraderie around it, Joel Embiid called Bobby Jones to see if he could wear 24, which is retired by the Sixers in honor of Kobe. Zaire Smith, who'd been wearing number eight, changed his number to seven for last night. He'll be wearing five for the rest of the season. Sixers won the opening tip, and Ben Simmons immediately put the ball down, took the eight-second backcourt violation and the Warriors followed suit with a 24 second shot clock violation and it was just the and that's when the Kobe chant started yeah. um, sorry for mixing things no. up but it was just incredible to see it was very emotional and I talked about it a lot on Monday but it, it still does not feel real and it's yeah. been five days four days five yeah, days yeah it's weird because we live in Philadelphia and, and, and California Los Angeles couldn't be farther away yeah um, but uh, yeah I, I just I'm you can hear people I love, in my I, section talk about like so, there is Lower Marion too here, yeah. and they wanted to go check out the high school and right. the memorial there. So it's but nice to see. People. It's also a celebration, yes. which I think is important. And um, 
yeah, I, I but again, I, I smile when I think of the hashtag girl dad that's going around. Yeah, it, it is and great. How powerful that will be, and, and hopefully that's something that we can we can use from this tragedy to to yeah. to, to strive upon. And um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And there was there was an article that Emily actually found that was somebody trying to to bring that down. Of and I don't want to I don't want to make you know different like I don't want to turn this into a gender conversation, but it was that's what it tried to turn it into. And yeah. instead of looking at the tragedy. Well, it was kind of trying to shit on that that he was happy to have girls or yeah. whatever I also, it was. I also think that Kobe was a because uh, I think boy or uh, boy mom was also another one of sure. celebrating moms yeah. and sons. And but this I, was I think it's a counterculture to sports. So what yeah. I mean by that is like there's no always that, that's been this where thing, a lot of right. it came from. But but no, but I but I think that you know it's always been you know Le, like and this is not a shot, but like LeBron has his son. Yeah. Right. And that and that's so and that's so cool for them. Yeah. Kobe didn't have that, but but he made he, he yeah. said, you know what, it doesn't matter. I, I love my daughters, and I'm going to support them whatever yeah. they want to do, and that's that's why. And I that's the so important powerful. thing about it, because right. what this article tried yeah. to talk about was that he was only proud of his daughter because she played basketball, and that's couldn't be further from he the loves truth. All his daughters, it just he loves all of right. his daughter, but Gigi, uh, it was his oldest. Gigi also he was just his recently co- he was his co- second oldest. There's a seventh. Seven, oh, there's yeah, second there's oldest. A, yeah, okay. yeah, sorry. That's but okay, she, sorry. he was her coach. Yeah, they had this close relationship that. And maybe part of that's just on the the media as a whole that they that it was so high profile of what he did. I mean, right? I mean, Michael Jordan has sons, yeah, and daughters. I mean, no. but but I also right. And Kobe was a had some issues, if you will. Yep. And yet, I think what's so I liked so much. Which that was his, another thing I saw on. But he he as really, replies to yeah. Facebook posts no, or Twitter posts of. People he saying, "Well, do they talk about yeah. the dark, the dark stuff?" Like, but read the about body's it. not even cold. Well, Come he, on, but no, but not only that, he 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 admitted to what he did was some of the things that he had done was yeah. incorrect, and he worked really hard at yeah. being better. And that's what I'm impressed with. That was one of the best a number of a number, tweets not I just saw. right. I mean, some of the things that he did afterwards were very yeah. impressive. Like, and it's okay. Second chances are yeah. a big thing here, and and I'm very impressed with what he's done. I agree. And so yeah. he, Cleaned it up. Yeah, the big one that, that I saw was he got either fined or suspended for saying the really offensive F word. Yep. And took the time and the effort to learn, educate, to learn, uh, educate himself, and, and ended his up time. Yeah, and ended up he. I don't think he won a Glad award, but he helped. He did some very. He it's very, helped a lot in the in the the LGBT community. He understood that he made a mistake. Yeah, and and, he, and, he, and, he, and he fixed himself for it. And I, and I think which that's speaks a lot. Right. Yeah. Something that we that is that is important to me and, and yeah. important to us and yep. So again, um, horrible news, but I, I'm the joy that comes out of it to me is what's really impressive. Yeah. Um, and so on a on a somewhat you know important note, uh, Super Bowl we played, and I'm sure they're all bringing the mentality. Oh yeah. You know, Woo! these are the best in the world. I can't wait, dude. It's going to be a wild game. So many stars. So excited. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Regardless of the score, I just hope it's I hope it's I hope it's fun. You know, I hope there's some great moments because we need some be. great football moments. Come on. Well, a lot of people shat on last year's Super Bowl for being thirteen to three. It was I, fun. I had fun I, I, watching well, it. We're also football junkies, yeah. and we love breaking down the def- defense. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah, I'm a, so. I'm a defense guy. Yeah. Granted, we also missed a good amount of it because our flight from Phoenix was delayed. So true. Yeah. Waste management this weekend. Relive it. Relive it. Go if you haven't gone. Yeah. Um, I just as a future note, you know, the I know it's the NFL offseason. We'll have plenty to talk about. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a draft guy. I'm, all, oh, yeah. I'm already ready, baby. Oh, yeah. Already ready to oh, talk yeah. number one, number two, three, four, five, whatever. We were starting uh, to get ready for college basketball, too, so we'll come with that yes, soon enough. Yes. And I think people... Greg and I are going to do some hockey. You're going to you're jumping for some hockey. I'd love to. And let's key in on some great college basketball, some great hockey, great NBA. Um, Major League Baseball's coming up. Golf. I mean, there's so much going on in sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll get the Olympics this year. I am. I have some plans for the Olympics that we'll, okay. we'll talk about in a few months. All right. We will. We'll get closer. We will. But, I, but this is all football. Oh, yeah. And America's pastime, if you will. America's game. America's game. I'll, I'll call it pastime. We won't get we, that's another argument for their podcast. No, no worries. I want to. I'm not going to offend the baseball <laughs> mind across from me here. Uh, but thanks for coming out, man. Dude, I appreciate you having me as always. Uh, this won't be the last time we do the in-person pod. No, this no, year. no. But wait, 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 wait. The next time might be in true casa de Stefan. Yes, yes. All right. Yeah, but we don't yeah. need to jump too much into your personal life. But at least you refer to your spouse as your spouse, not as your roommate. That's true. <laughs> Greg, that was a shot at you. <laughs> Uh, but that's going to do it. Matt, thanks for hosting me. This is a Super Bowl Megapod. We lived up to it. I'm happy we did. I got to get home. I got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but that will do it for this. Let us know what you think in the comments and the show notes. Like, share, subscribe. The Bullpen Card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderbug Sports on Instagram and Facebook. That's important because I think we're going to start a Facebook group soon. To help facilitate uh, posts and discussions and all that good stuff. But for my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And let's go football.